Small Business Sessions with Enterprise Nation. I am your host, Emily Chiswell, and this is just one of the ways that we're showcasing the absolute brilliance of what our members are up to, the stories behind why they're doing what they're doing, hopefully to give you a little bit of encouragement, a bit of enthusiasm, you know, you need that little injection of an extra boost of just knowing that you're not by yourself doing all this jazz. That's really often what is the challenge, isn't it? So this week, getting a little bit of our festive on, unsurprisingly, chatting flowers with Carol from Tuck Shop Flowers. So, Carol, tell me, I meet you at a party. How do you explain what it is that you do? Um, I always tell people I grow and arrange flowers here in Birmingham and I'm different from High Street florists because I grow a lot of my own flowers. Love it. And this is a great time of year for this because I bet you're completely rushed off your feet with uh, the crazy Christmasness. Does that make a massive difference to, to your business? Well, it's funny because my flowers are seasonal. Obviously, I don't have lots of... Um, actual flowers at the moment because everything's gone to sleep for the winter oh yeah lots of green i i have my uh, wreath making enterprises to keep me busy and usually i sort of welcome winter as a kind of off time but as my business develops it seems to be less and less of an off time and busier and busier with workshops and talks and, and weddings and various other things it's always that tricky thing though with it isn't it is like this is a really brilliant thing that i'm busier but actually, oh, it's a bit busy. <laughs> can never be quite the right way. I, I do feel like I've got a proper job these days. <laughs> <laughs> Carol, tell us, tell, tell us a bit behind the story behind Tuckshot Flowers. How did you end up, you know, setting this up? Uh, well, I was a teacher for twenty years, and I was kind of losing my mojo with teaching. I like the teaching side, but not the bureaucracy. And um, just thought time for a change. And I've been a keen gardener for years and years. Um, and I've. I kind of thought that's where my passion is in the end, um, not not so much on, in the classroom. Um, and I unfortunately had to do um, funeral flowers for my brother-in-law who died very suddenly. And my sister said to me, oh, I want you to do the funeral flowers and just use stuff that's in the garden. And it was just seeing people's responses to those flowers that made me think, oh, wow, you know, people seem to really like those. I mean, I think because they were so different to what you'd normally buy from a traditional high street florist because you know it was stuff that was straight out of the garden it was stuff that you just don't see in the wholesale commercial supply chain um and people just responded amazingly to it and uh, it didn't take off straight away after that it was you know I'd retrained as a primary teacher done a year of supply and I was thinking my heart's not in this and uh, I thought you know what I'd found when I was researching ideas um, to try and get ideas for how to make the funeral flowers look, I'd come across a company called the Real Cut Flower Company, and I thought, oh, they're they're selling my flowers. <laughs> um, so I'd seen somebody else making a living out of it, and thought, well, maybe now's the time to see if I can do the same, and so launched it, and that was that. It's just the most amazing story. I love that story of how you came to it. And also I imagine that personal element, dare I say it, to the situation you found yourself in creating those flowers initially would have given it just that kind of, yeah, more of a, I don't know, I don't know free-spirited sounds the wrong word, but kind of you weren't it's doing... more of an emotional kind of... Yeah. And I suppose I'd also done, um, you know, I had another friend who got married and she she asked me to do her wedding flowers. And I was really surprised how much I loved, um, you know, you know, just thinking about them, you know, looking at different flowers and trying to imagine what I was going to do. Because I'd never really thought of myself as a flower arranger. I never really thought of myself as being especially arty. I was definitely coming at it more as a gardener. But then I think if you know what goes together in the garden and how to create, you know, a nice combination of flowers in a border. It's really just translating that 
into a vase. But that's what I wasn't seeing when I looked around at the kind of floristry that you see everywhere. It didn't look like a garden. It looked like some kind of fairly rigid things, all in triangles or whatever. And that just wasn't what I wanted in a vase. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's that sort of having actually sort of garden flowers in in your house. It's a very different feeling. I guess I don't know anything about this sort of world, but I'm interested. You're talking about, you know, you grow a lot of your own flowers. How is that? Does that work in a scalable way, I guess, in terms of how you've grown and developed as a business? You say you're you're now busier than ever. I'm interested because I imagine that's quite a challenge, isn't it, in in your work? Because, I mean, I I can literally spend, you know... uh, most of my day on the computer just catching up with my admin and doing my marketing and all the rest of it yeah less and less time for gardening as uh, time goes on um I I have to be realistic about what I can achieve as a one-woman band and I think I'm reaching that point now where you think right what do I love doing what can I farm out you know or what can I forget about um so I think I've I think I've had to hone my business model because originally I thought I would focus on retail um but you know, after doing farmers markets and realising the work and effort and time that goes into them for the return you get, I thought, no, that's not my model. So I'm now more of an event florist and do weddings, funerals and things where people order the flowers in advance because that's easier to manage with the way that I work. Um, but also I've only got a large urban domestic garden. I live in, in suburban Birmingham um, and I've got an allotment and a half as well. And, you know, it, it's just so busy trying to do everything. So now... As as I get more weddings, I mean, obviously, I need quite a lot of flowers if I get a big wedding order in. And a bride might want, you know, a certain colour scheme. And I've got some flowers in that colour, but not enough. But I think having been in the business for four years and being part of an organisation called Flowers from the Farm, which is a kind of network um, nationwide of small flower growers like myself, I've now got a good range of contacts to actually source other British grown flowers because that's what I specialise in because something like only 10% of the flowers bought in the UK are actually grown here. Most things are flown in from Kenya, South America, you know, the other side of the world. And I just don't think that's necessary when you've got a climate that can grow the lovely stuff that we can grow here and being a nation of gardeners as well. Yeah, it's ironic that, isn't it? It's like, hang on, guys, wait for us. But 10%, I mean, that's shocking, isn't it? That yeah. is shocking. I mean, that's that's the point of Flowers from the Farm. It does an awful lot to promote the, the use of British flowers. And I, th- I think, you know... For a, for a small voluntary organisation, it has quite a big impact. And, I, and I'm now the West Midlands coordinator for them as well, which I really love, actually. Being a one-woman band, I think it's being part of Flowers from the Farm that's kept me going because it's like a, a virtual staff room. You know, and I've met lots of other people doing the same line of work as me. And it's like a virtual staff room. And I've met so many nice people. And I honestly think if I was just ploughing my own furrow without that, network um to draw on I don't know that I would have made it through the kind of you know the difficult times you know I think it's just nice to have other people to talk to about what you're doing who kind of get get it and you don't feel like the lone nutter always nice always a good thing but I think you're right and actually hearing that is amazing it's literally the best things of both worlds isn't it it's like you get to run your own business but you've got a team of people you know that are doing a similar stuff that you can kind of pull resources with just hearing you explain about the way that that's set up is just yeah it sounds fantastic and it's also you know just on a practical level if you've got contacts with other people 
who do the same things as you, you know, and you've got a big wedding on, you've got other people you can call and say, oh, I've got this massive wedding on, you know, please could you come and help me out? Because, you know, it just gives you a resource to draw on. But I think we're all kind of developing a similar similar rate. So, of course, we're all getting busier. So we need to expand (laughs) the network a bit more so we can get some more people who are free to come and help us great way of recruiting there you go carol great way of <laughs> recruiting um Dahl, talking about network enterprise nation you remember with us obviously um hence fe- featuring on the podcast i'm just interested to hear a little bit more about how you felt supported or they, the enterprise nation has helped you grow grow tuck shop flowers i've only just joined up as a member i've actually been involved with debbie who um is the head of enterprise nation in birmingham i met her through some social media training that i did in my relatively early days so just the business advice and just having a sounding board just somebody to talk to um you know who could say well why don't you try doing this or you know they they just give you an external perspective on your business and I think that's so helpful um and her advice has just been brilliant and I thought you know I've been looking at Enterprise Nation for a while and thought you know I'm going to join up because I could see you know, just the meetups that you do and some of the talks and some of the events that come up. I think they kind of speak to me as a very small business in a way that, you know, I look at the Chamber of Commerce and think, oh, it's a bit big, you know, a bit commercial for the likes of me. And I'm sure it's got lots of really good stuff in it, but I sort of feel a bit intimidated by the corporate aspect of um, Chamber of Commerce, whereas Enterprise Nation seems very accessible. There's lots of businesses on various scales in there and um it's just very friendly and welcoming i went to my first event um last week with it which was um ju- just the christmas meetup with mince pies and a chat and it was it was fantastic i met people i'm just in the middle of focusing on rebranding all my website and you know my whole business and you know there were people there who worked very much in that sector and so it was really good just to have a chat with them and you know and there were people who did business advice and all sorts of different things so it's just a great way to meet other people who you can share general kind of travails of self-employment with but just it's a great way of meeting people for practical advice as well and it's you know just very relaxed very approachable and and yeah I think it really fits well with you know the the people who people's personalities who are running small businesses I think you know it's just really accessible and and really it feels more personal it's good Carol, it's great. I'm just plumping up my feathers on behalf of Enterprise Nation. <laughs> just amazing. I'm so pleased to hear that you found it so helpful. It really genuinely is brilliant. So pleased. Um, we've talked a little bit about challenges, I think, already. I guess one thing I always like to ask is advice. Is there any advice that you wish you'd been given, perhaps, before you started Touch Shop Flowers that would have been really helpful um, on your journey so far? Um, I can think more of advice, of good advice that I have been given. Yeah, we'll take that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The very first Flowers from the Farm conference I ever went to, there was a lady there called Georgie Newbury who runs a very successful kind of online business called Common Farm Flowers. And her advice was always appear three times more successful than you are. I (laughs) love it. You know, I just think that is such good advice. I went on the strength of that. I had, you know, cardboard boxes printed with my logo and and things for my deliveries, you know, and and if ever I'm wavering about whether I should invest in, you know, certain signage or certain kind of marketing things for my business I, that, that piece of advice always echoes in my mind and, and, I, and usually I'm persuaded to go for it as a result of it and I, and I do I do think 
being able to project a professional image makes such a difference as to the way people perceive you. And I, although it seems frivolous advice, I think it, it's it, it's very valuable indeed. Well, it sounds good to me. Sounds good to me indeed. Um, we're, at the moment, we're asking people, Carol, about superpowers. If you could choose a superpower to help the growth of your business, what one would you go for? You can have a few if you want. Well, you know, not fussy. But if there's anything that you think that would just you could click your fingers and we'd give it to you straight away. What, what would you choose? Oh, I think in my case, it's probably been three places at once. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a popular one. Yeah, no, that would definitely be it. Time travel, so I can just put things on pause and get on with something else and then come back to the other ones. Sounds like a mighty fine plan, doesn't it? Thank you very much to Carol for chatting to us this week for this week's small business session. In fact, actually, while we're doing the thanks, thank you to everyone that has featured on the small business sessions this year. What a year. Think of all those different businesses we've chatted to. Oh, my goodness. If you're stuck for inspiration over Christmas, I mean, there are plenty to be dipping into. Food founders like Bluebird Tea Co., Ibrahim Toy House, Children's Toys, The Perfume Garden, Genevieve Sweeney, Textile Designer, David Harris Magic, Good Deed Dating, Etienne Skincare, the skincare brand designed for people who are who are going through chemo. I mean, the range is huge. We are so proud of the members that we have at Enterprise Nation and the podcast is just a brilliant way to showcase the absolutely amazing stuff that they're up to. So a big fat thank you to everyone that we've chatted to this year. Don't forget you can subscribe to us on iTunes if those have whetted your appetite. Type in the small business sessions and you can find them all on there. Taking a couple of weeks off over Christmas so have a really good one. Enjoy it. Hopefully you'll find time for a little bit of a break in amongst all the craziness and look forward to seeing you in 2017. 